am, son, on Uncle Bubba. I am, son, on Uncle Bubba. You just gonna have to go bubble gum on us, man. All this intricate rap stuff, man. You gotta, you gotta go viciously in the place to be, homie. You gotta, yeah, you gotta get off all these concepts and all this intricate Too stuff, much. man. Over here, got us thinking and trying to right? elevate and educate our and elevate our minds, man. Trying to look out for the kids. What's yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, man. Got us stinking. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. no, you didn't. Uh, on that tip of you saying that you're not trying to be preachy, but a lot of people have chosen you to be the voice of this generation. Oh mm-hmm. Does that put, what kind of pressure does that put on you? Uh, it, 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 it puts, I don't want to necessarily say pressure. All I can, you know, do is continue to be uh, an actual human being and, mm-hmm. and, and, and to show them that, you know, I go through the same emotions and the same, you know, feelings that y'all go through. Yeah. So if they, you know, put that as being the leader of this generation, then so be it. Because all I can do is express myself and hope you, you know, take some fun. Black Life. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Black Life Pod. They call me Alex and they call him Marcus. Marcus, give the people a salutation. What up? Wow. Oh, is that loud? I always use weird voices. So, oh, dang, anyway, follow <laughs> us at Black Life Pod on all your socials at Black Life Pod, or excuse me, the Black Life Pod on all your podcast platforms, so you can get these new pods, which typically come out on Thursday. But today we got a bonus episode for you. So while everyone else did their best to get their reviews out and to be first, here at the Black Life Pod, we take our time and get our reviews right. Oh yeah! Definitely. If you look back in the archives, we have uh, what did we review? We reviewed Donda, yep. by Mr. Kanye West. We reviewed Certified Lover Boy mm-hmm. by October's very own Drake, and now we are back for a third time. This week, we have K Dot, New Kung Fu Kenny, Kung Fu Kenny, though King Kendrick, <laughs> Yo. Okay Lama, what? Okay Lama, Kendrick Lamar's. Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So now I'm sure, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're familiar with Kendrick's work. I'm sure you already know that it's been five years since his last album was released. Damn. It's been roughly 10 years since his first major label release, Good Kid Mad City. 11, if you want to count section 80. But uh, I don't know about you, Marcus. So I'm gonna ask you: When did you and how did you get into Kendrick's music, man? I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, I just don't know uh, which one of my boys it was. But I'm pretty sure I was riding with somebody, and they introduced me to um, a track from uh, Good Kid, Mad City, "Swimming Pools" played, and I was like, "Yo, what is this?" Yeah, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the first Kendrick song I heard as well. I'd heard of him uh, through something. There was something I don't know if Dr. Dre was talking about him, and they were talking about Dr. Dre. But essentially, Dr. Dre had signed this kid or co-signed this kid, and anything Dre's a part of, I'm looking forward to. But then yes. when I heard "Swimming Pools," <laughs> I was like, "Yo, yo, this is incredible." So would you say that's that's one of your favorite uh, Kendrick songs? I don't know, man. Yeah, Good Kid, Mad City was one of those for me where the singles was bumpy. Yeah. Like, Swimming Pools was amazing. Yeah, yeah sometimes you can't deny it. <laughs> so what, what other favorite Kendrick songs do you have, man? 
You know what, man? I'm going I'm to I'm have to bring it back to Good Kid again and say uh, Money Trees, man. Yeah, like, bitch. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. Yo, that song is crazy. And uh, who was that on it? J-Rock was on yeah, there? Yeah. His verse, he killed that shit, right? Yeah, that flow is is right in yeah. pocket. Pops with cocaine residue. Every day I'm hustling. What else is a thug to do when you eat cheese from the government? Gotta put five for my daughter and them. Get the fuck up out my way, bitch. Got that drum and I got them bands. Just like a parade, bitch. bitch. It was dope. Yeah, buddy. And that's the thing, right? Because when you have when a song is good enough, for one, and you you and I, you, me and Brian always had this conversation. But yo, shout out to song, Loach. Yeah, shout out to Loach, man. Uh, if a song makes you feel right, then it's it's kind of like for me, it's like two D versus three D. But then when like like the feeling of a song like is like that extra step, like four mm-hmm. D, right? Yeah. Like another dimension. Yeah, yeah I right? see what you, you see mean. What I'm saying? Yeah. So uh, let me ask you this though, because we've had this conversation. You don't you not to say you don't like it, but to pimp a butterfly isn't your favorite. Well, no, to pimp the butterfly was my favorite. Oh, it was your favorite. Okay, so yeah, we talked, we talked because we we talked about this because I was like, "Yo, it's you and me on this island oh, yeah, by that's ourselves." Right, that's right. Everybody I've talked to said this shit. Yo, man, I don't know, man. Good Kid, Mad City was dope. Section eighty was dope, but yo, that to pimp a butterfly just wasn't it. I'm like, yeah, that's what that, are you talking that, about? That's because <laughs> that's because they're idiots. So aside from the long Tupac outro, which I hate that I always have to listen to if it's in a playlist mortal man is incredible yeah mortal man is incredible uh for sale that's like a sleeper for me for sale so for free for free is the one early in the album with like the jazz this dick ain't free yeah that is so so that's the one that's early now that's not the one i'm talking about people get this confused for sale is later and it's got like this this like dreamy type of soundscape and he's uh, oh, yeah. he's playing uh, what he calls Lucy, which is a metaphor for the devil. So, like the whole yep. verse, he's rapping from that perspective. So when I get you, get you, get you, get you, Yo, I love that shit. Yeah, though. that's my shit. All right is always gonna be all right with me, dog. <laughs> uh, that's one of my probably one of my favorite songs ever, like top twenty. I would say. Dang. Okay. Yeah. It moves wow. me nearly every time I listen to it. Yo. All right. Yeah, I can't. I can't lie. And then uh, something that's underrated, people don't talk about enough, is uh, I don't know if you want to call it an EP, but Untitled Unmastered. Ah, uh, I, I feel like people don't talk about that enough, and that has one of my favorite songs on there, which is Untitled Five, which is a terrible name for a yeah, song. That's crazy, but <laughs> but it's like. It's like real jazzy, but like it's aggressive. And Kendrick basically is deciding whether or not he's going to break into someone's house and rob him. And it's another one of those to- storytelling songs, dog. I got 100 on my dash, got 200 in my trunk. Name in the grab bags, put my Bible in the trunk. Taco vodka on the top of my binocular, I'm drunk. How can I can make them popular? Pop them when I want. See, I'm living with anxiety, ducking the sobriety. Fucking up the system, I ain't fucking with society. Justice ain't free, therefore justice ain't me. So I justify his name on the obituary. Damn comes out and damn is like it's a lot more accessible for lack of a better word like the beats are more for most of the album more traditionally hip-hop yeah and for me it's probably my it might be my least favorite kendrick album but Same. it has my favorite kendrick song period on it 
Oh, really? Yes. What's that? Fear. I love that song. Okay. It, it's seven minutes and some change. He's rapping from, from I think he's seven years old in one verse, 17 in the next, and then 27. I might be getting the ages wrong. Oh, Correct me if I'm wrong, people. That's dope. That leads us to this new album. We've been waiting. We finally got some new Kendrick, dog. Finally. Mr. Uh, Morale and the Big Step. All right, so before we get to that, though. Okay, okay, okay. Let's start Let's start with the Heart Part 5. Oh, man. shit. I completely forgot. Yo. Yeah. So the Heart Part 5, <laughs> dog. So yeah. I'm going to tell my quick story about it. If you got a story about it, you can tell it. Then we'll get into the album. We promise people we're not going to spend much more time on all this other shit. So, (laughs) But it's important for y'all to understand that we know what we're talking about when it comes to Mr. Kendrick Lamar. So as soon as I saw, I got a notification on my phone somehow that it was some new Kendrick. Yep. So I was watching TV with my wife and my niece. I don't remember something they wanted to watch. (laughs) Cut that shit off instantly. (laughs) (laughs) Went to YouTube. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's new Kendrick Lamar. Like, what do you, I'm sorry. What do you want me to yeah, do? Right? What do you, what do you, <laughs> so I turn it on and as soon as the music starts, I pause it. They're like, what are you doing? And I'm thinking in my head, what is that sample? Uh, or what is that interpolation? Yep. And it's yep. one of my favorite artists, Marvin Gaye. <laughs> I want you. I was like, uh-oh. It's about to it. get real. Yep. So I press play and I'm watching. I'm like, okay, he's, you know, talking. Okay, culture. Yo, did his face just change? (laughs) Well, did it did it change again? Right. So I'm watching. So I'm trying to put together the face change and the lyrics. Right. Right. But my wife and niece want to keep talking about who they think the face is. So now I can't hear the damn lyrics. Yeah. Nah. (laughs) So by the end of the song, I was like, "Yo, that was probably way doper than I understand because I couldn't hear any damn thing because they were so intoxicated by the way he was changing his face." And then also, my niece was just amazed because I played I Want You After. And she's like, you knew that that fast? I'm like, yo, that's kind of what I do. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm saying. So what about, how did, how did you come across the hard part five? Yeah, man. So I, you know, a little bit, a little bit different um, and different time of day, which is probably a mistake. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but you know, I woke up and saw the notification come across my phone that there's some there's some new heat out in the streets you know what i'm saying though but uh no uh so my wife took my daughter to work or to work i, I hope wish. your daughter ain't working <laughs> yeah the last make an iphone <laughs> yeah that's fucked <laughs> up yo <laughs> the culture uh, <laughs> yeah. uh nah man but she comes back and i'm still at the house because i am frozen and trying to dissect this amazing song that Kendrick blessed the world with, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I was, and I, um, kind of similar to you, I didn't catch the the song. I caught the, it was a YouTube notification. So I caught the video first, mm-hmm. but I did listen to the song all the way to work, which was mistake number one <laughs> or number two. But, uh, um, yeah, man, she came in and she's like, she saw my car sell out in the garage or uh, out in the uh, driveway. So she comes in, she's like, you're here still. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like simple. I'm like trying to dissect this video. I'm like, yeah, you know, his face is changing, trying to figure out, like, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what it is. What is what are you trying to tell yeah. me? Right. And uh she's like, 
shouldn't you be getting ready? I'm like, yeah, yeah no, in a little bit, in a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was mad late that day, just trying yeah. to figure out this damn song, man. Yeah, I I, I liked it. I, I can't say I loved it. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I've gone back to it. It was a nice little precursor. Yeah, I was like, huh, interesting. Like, that's yeah. more or less what I thought about it. Then uh-huh. we got to the album. Yeah. So the album drops, dog. So give me it quickly. Where did you listen? How many times have you listened? <laughs> give me the stats. Yeah, all right. So I I listened for the first time in the car. And again, saw a notification come across the phone. Kendrick Lamar. You know, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. I'm like, yo, it's out. And, of course, my wife is like, what are you talking about? But I'm like, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Got ready real quick, right? I have a quick little commute to work, but it was enough to hit this first part of the album, right? Okay. So I'm going in listening to United in Grief and 95. Probably not the greatest, right? No. No. (laughs) So, so, um, but I listened to it for the first time in the car, man. Um, okay. And it just, uh, so many things felt. <laughs> how, how many times total you think you listened to it? I'll probably say just a, a modest three and a half, maybe. Damn, that's it, dog. I ran, <laughs> I ran this shit. I ran this shit like 12 times. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> but mostly headphones. I did not have an opportunity to listen to it on the bigs okay. or on my studio monitors. Mostly in the headphones. Before we get into the entire album, I got to tell you this quick story about my first listen. So I knew it was coming out. So I had a dilemma. Uh Oh, do I stay up till midnight and listen to the album at midnight? I said, no, I can't do that because I might fall asleep and miss something, you know, and I'll be (laughs) mad. So I said, nope, I'm going to go to bed. Right. So I go to bed. Right. I have a terrible night of sleep. I wake up at like 430. Usually I wake up about 6.30, 6.45 because I got to get Layla up, take her to school. Okay. So I wake up, it's like, yo, should I listen to Kendrick? I can't go back to sleep. I was like, nope, not going to do it. Not going to do it, right? <laughs> what? I was like, I got time this morning. It's a beautiful day out. Took my baby to school. I went to this park right around the corner. They have all these walking trails, dog. I EQ'd my earbuds. What? <laughs> Went for a walk okay, and listened to Kendrick for about two and a half, three miles. That's dope. All the way through. And I timed it and I got back to my car when uh, Mother I Sober came on. And I was like, yo, I'm glad I was sitting down for this. Yo. And Why then, does he do that? <laughs> <laughs> and then I ended the album and it was so emotionally raw. Usually I would try to run it back because I had all morning to do what I wanted. I had some errands to run. So after, you know, the hour, roughly hour and 15 minutes that the album is, it was still barely nine o'clock. Yeah. So I had time, dog, to run it back and I couldn't. I had to put on the basketball podcast because yeah. I, I had been going through my emotions. So you finally, have <laughs> Yeah. Let me ask you this. You better give me a quick answer, too. Is it a classic? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not a classic because you can't judge a classic without time passing, you dodo. So let's you get said into the, give you a quick answer. No, no you're wrong. <laughs> so we're going to get into, let's get in, Let's get dive deep into the album, dog. We're okay. going to get into the highlights and the lowlights 
for you people out there. Then we'll give our final thoughts and wrap everything up. We're going to start with the lowlights. So what you got, Marcus? Do you, you sounds like you really enjoyed it. So let's see if you have anything to complain about with this album. I did really enjoy it. Um, I don't have too many complaints other than honestly, and don't kill me, Kendrick Lamar fans or Kodak Black fans, though. I just, I'm, I guess I'm confused on, you know, how much involvement Kodak had. And it, don't get me wrong, like the songs that he was, uh, that he was on, like Silent Hill was dope. But I guess I was just kind of confused as far as his involvement throughout the album. But it was dope. I like the I like the concept of it, honestly. And um, I mean, if how does that come about, right? Like you just you know see somebody in the club, or you contact somebody like, "Yo, I need you to speak on my album." Or and of all people, like Kodak, because I would yeah. See, I I I had a problem with Kodak Black for completely different reasons. Okay, for one, I don't care for Silent Hill, the song. Why? I the beat the beat is cold. The beat is cold. Maybe because you the, ain't got the 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 hook. The hook is fun. Oh come on! Dude. Push the hook is fun. Like, yeah. pew. <laughs> like, like it's fun. Like right. But overall, I I wouldn't miss it if it wasn't there. Now my problem with with Kodak Black is Kodak Black seems to be a very difficult person. <laughs> if, if that that's probably being generous so yeah, yeah. so Kodak Black has uh you know allegedly raped someone uh he pled 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 guilty to a lesser charge he had an IG live of himself passing weed and a gun around yeah. with a child yeah and he has seven felony charges for that including child neglect he's been charged with false imprisonment of a child he's got a variety of gun charges and I am the type of person like I'm all about redemption and you know becoming a better person but as right. recently as January of this year he's done some more illegal shit so he doesn't really seem like he's going to get his shit together right and I knew about the the gun charges but I didn't know all that other I didn't know about the rape charge yeah so and like I said he pled guilty to a lesser charge right, right, right. of first degree assault or something but regardless yeah I'm not I'm not the type of person either that that believes like just cuz you do a bunch of bad shit you shouldn't be able to make a living. Of course. But the contradictory nature of having someone who has allegedly raped someone on an album where you're talking about the sexual assault that's occurred to you and your mother and in general talking about black sexual assault in families, right. which is a whole nother topic we could get into. Right. I was thoroughly confused about that. Yeah. And now that, now that you have learned a little bit more like that, that's where it stemmed from. Like, I'm very confused by the, by this feature, like by the involvement, not just mm-hmm. the feature, the song was straight, like I said, but the song involvement, oh, come on, dude, the involvement, <laughs> I was just super lost. Now that, now that I, you helped me ex- explain a little bit more and help me understand a little bit more. Now I'm super confused by it, but I'm, I'm not against redemption either. But but my, my, my guess would be that, that you know, because the whole album ha- seems to have this vibe of nobody's right. perfect and we all have our problems and of all course. that. But for me personally, at, at some point, like, these are problems of your own making. Yes. The only guess I could 
think from an artistic point of view, what to be would be to have someone like Eckhart Tolle is like the spiritual guy, psychologist type of dude. Okay. And then you got Kodak Black. So it's kind of like the good and the bad. But even so, I don't, I don't think it was necessary. Right. The whole Kodak Black thing. So what what other issues, if any, do you have with the album? Um, Outside of that, I think I see where he was trying to take it um, as far as like, because Baby Keem is his artist, right? Yeah. I understand putting your own artist on uh, arguably one of your biggest, pro- most anticipated projects, right? So, but that's just another thing that I question. Like, I wish I what, could Baby King? Yeah, but he's dope. I, I know he's dope, but like, I want it, it to be pure, like, um, pure Kendrick, if that makes uh, sense. Yeah, but you ain't have a problem with Summer Walker, did you? No, that song was dope, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you love you some Summer Walker, dog. Nah, Man, it's careful. I like I like Baby Keem. I can't do a lot of Baby Keem because his voice is sometimes that high pitched stuff. Yeah, with anybody gets me, but I, I like the Baby Keem. And that's not. I'm not trying to say it. it's like I like the features, but just like I, I understand the move. If that makes sense. But for like, me, I don't think it, it was that type of move where no? it's my artist that I and I have yeah. to put him on here. For me, it felt it felt natural. I feel like with with Kendrick albums, you often get a lot of voices, uh-huh. a lot of different voices, and a lot of the voices are used as textures, sort of like like accents. Like he accents a yes. lot of music specifically on this album with. With, there's a lot more strings than I recall on some of his past work. Yeah. And I feel like the voices have always been a thing. Even going back to like, bitch, don't kill my vibe. Right. Yeah. For me, it it worked. It worked. In almost every instance on this album, that that type of thing worked. So you don't have many, many problems with, with the album, but I got a few more. <laughs> if, 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 if I got to nitpick some shit, I'm going to nitpick. So the song... Worldwide Steppers. Oh, man. Yes, I got messages about this. <laughs> Just thinking about what the lyrics are, I, I kind of know why you got messages, but I am yes. not talking about that part. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what I am talking about is the four bars where the beat changes mm-hmm. and the beat is fire. Yes. But it's Insane. only four bars. Yeah. Why? Because, why? Man, they why? Like Give me like more bars. <laughs> yeah. Give, I need more of that beat. Yeah. Eight billion people on earth, silent murderers, non-profits, preachers in church, crooks and burglars, Hollywood, corporate and school, teacher philosophies. You either go be dead or in jail. Killer psychology. That that irritated me, but okay, whatever, dude. Right. But if I got to nitpick even more. I'm about to say, you nitpicking. Yes. <laughs> the end of Mirror, the song just ends too abruptly. Yeah. Like we've had we've had all of this emotional buildup throughout this album and especially on the second disc. If we're second disc, second volume, second half, whatever you want to call it. It's like it's a lot. Yep. You know, we got Auntie Diaries on there, which we'll get into later. We got Mother I Sober, which we'll get into. And the emotional release of it, of all of this that we've been dealing with through the whole album is supposed to be mirror. And lyrically, it is that. But then the beat only rides out for like like a few bars and then it abruptly stops and the album is over. Like that's not enough relief 
for all the emotions I've been right. going through for the God, past so you hour. Want, you want to see more <laughs> beat at the end, huh? Yeah, man. I need time to <laughs> decompress. Like you just stopping. I got to decompress myself. That's yeah. no, no, dog. No, Honestly, no. Mother I Sober probably should have been the last track for me. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Mother I Sober is entirely too heavy. But that's the point. To me, that's the point, though. Nah, dog. Why do you think it should have ended the album? Because I feel like I agree that Mirrors was kind of like not. I don't want to say lackluster, but I, I guess I wouldn't have wanted to end it that way. It doesn't tie everything together for me like Mortal Man did. Like it, it I get the point of it, but but the but the thing about Mortal, the reason Mortal Man ties everything together on to Pimp a Butterfly is because of the end of the song with the Tupac conversation. Right. So the thing about Mirror, Mirror ties everything together lyrically because he spent the whole album talking about, you know, I I got all this stuff I'm going through, all this stuff that's, you know, going on in my life. And it's this juxtaposition between trying to be like the man and you have songs like Savior and Crown where he's talking about how he's trying to be like the spokesperson in this like leader. And at the end, he's like, yo, I can't do it. I choose me. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. that makes so sense. I don't. I, so so going through all that and ending on Mother I sober. Nah, dog. Maybe I'm just like a, <laughs> you know, like a hopeless or you know, I don't know. Man, I'm depressed. I don't know. What it yeah, is. maybe. But I know. I know it's a heavy song. But just I guess I didn't really understand. I mean, I did understand, but Mirror is like. Why are we waiting for him to come in and swoop down and tell us everything we need to, you know, outside of his amazing storytelling ability and his, you know, his lyrics, but waiting to address some of these things. And he comes, he comes out and says, yo, I ain't your savior, dude. Not even that. <laughs> he started the album saying it's been what, yeah. 1,000 something days. Yeah. I've been yeah. going through something. Yeah, man. Like, you know, off top, like when I read the track list, I was like, Yo, United in Grief. I was like, he's some he bring us together, right? And then I saw right. N95. I was like, Mass COVID. <laughs> That's easy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm reading the track list. I was like, ah. Oh. But then I, I saw some stuff like uh like Purple Hearts. I was like, I don't know what that's all about with Summer Walker. I was like, it's gotta be a love song, but isn't Purple Hearts like a doesn't that mean something like completely different? And I saw Savior, I was like, Yeah, he he be talking about God. Yep. You know, yep. But, but when you hear the songs. Yeah. And that is, I was way off. So we can get into the highlights, which I feel like there are quite a few. There are quite a few. And I'm going to start with N95. Like, (laughs) yo, yo, lyrically, lyrically, there's quite a few amazing lyrical exercises on this album. But to take the mask thing we've been dealing with for the past few years, yeah, and to turn it into this whole metaphor about people covering up who they really are. Yep, I was like, okay, that's the Kendrick I enjoy. Yeah, man, that song is crazy. I love that song, dude. You out of pocket, and and, the, <laughs> and, and a lot of the writing, like even that. So, mm-hmm. so the whole first verse is take off this, take off that, and then at the end of the verse, he says something. I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but he says something along the lines of, "What do you have?" Yeah. And then what do you have? Bitch. Ugh, you ugly as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if 
but he killed that shit. He said, well, dun, dun, dun. like he was riding that shit. Dun, dun, well, what do you have? And he said, you, yeah. he said, oh, you ugly as fuck. Right. <laughs> Yo. Right. So essentially saying you cover, you're not who you think you are. But yeah, at the same man. time, as, as the song builds out, he starts hinting at, yo, I have things to say. I'm not necessarily sure I want to say them, but I need to get them out. Yep. And for me, the first two songs of the album are more like when you watch a movie and you have like the intro scene. Yes. And then you, you get to the credits. So like- Wait, wait, wait. N95 is the credits? Are you talking no, about no, just no. like how- So, okay. so the, the way I heard the album was United and Grief and N95 are like the opening scenes of the movie. Yes. But for me- the, How do you the, do the, that? The album and the movie start at Worldwide Steppers. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would have to because I agree with your first point. So, I guess if I agree with the first point, your second point has to be true too for me. Yeah, yeah. so that's how I look at it. And I, I enjoyed Worldwide Steppers too. It's a lot to listen to, and it, there's, a lot. A, there's a lot going on. <laughs> it's a lot, uh, especially lyrically. Yeah, <laughs> where uh, you know, he's talking about the first time he fucked a white bitch, and he's <laughs> he's he's. He he said Whitney asked him something. He said, "I think I'm racist." I was like, "Yo, Yo. Kendrick is out here tripping, dog." Yo, but uh, it's not the place, probably. But some of the things in this song, I you know, some of those thoughts are are real, dude. See, the, the the thing I think is it's like. I, I got I got a problem. I got a problem with everyone trying to review this album so quickly because for yeah. me, it's not so much that it's like this deep, thought provoking type of thing that you can't understand. For me, there's so many lyrical clues as the album progresses that slowly reveal itself. So to take a step back to N95, right? Mm-hmm. Toward the end of the song, a third verse, I'm reading the lyrics verbatim. Okay. Can I vent all my truth? I got nothing to lose. I got problems in pools. I can swim on my faith. Right? Right. And then even further toward the end, what the fuck is cancel culture, dog? Say what I want about you niggas. Right? Mm-hmm. And then even at further at the end, are you worried about a critic? That ain't protocol. So I think people hear that and it's like, he's talking about cancel culture and, you know, all up on their high horse about it. But for me, what it was, once I heard the rest of the album, what it was, was like, yo, I have a lot on my mind. It's it's heavy and I want to say it, but a lot of people, including myself, are afraid that if I say this shit, that people are going to think differently of me and I probably shouldn't. But what does he do right after N95 saying that? He starts talking about sex and racism and, Yo, yeah. and all kind of craziness. So I was like, oh, you're not that scared, are you? You know, he said, I'm a, he's like, look, man, I probably shouldn't be saying all this shit. And there's a lot of people afraid, kind of like what you said, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, but I'm going to lean into this shit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, yeah. Which I'm with that in most cases. And I'll get to the cases which are kind of questionable <laughs> later. But, <Okay. laughs> but I think that- uh, I'm with it, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with it. That's that's like the overall theme of the album. A lot of people, from what I've read, once I, what I did was I put all my thoughts together, listened to the album, so on and so forth, and then I read some of these so-called reviews. 
Yeah. And a lot of them were saying it's like a therapy session and all that. And I think so that's true. kind of simplifying it, but it very. But I, I see why people would take that from it because that is the through line with his fiance doing the interludes. It is. Um, and then Eckhart Tolle doing some stuff. Like, yeah, it makes sense. But for me, it's more to it than that. It's, it's more about coming to grips to, with who you are, what you believe, trying to grow, and all yeah, these man. different things. So, that, uh, yeah. But like, to me, I'll be honest, man. I'll be transparent. I a lot of this stuff speaks at a deeper level, like what we like what we touched on, because there are a lot of things going on that you know. There's a lot of wrong things going on, but nobody, everyone's afraid to say something. Cancel culture, all this bullshit that we've created in the world, right? Somebody should say something and address it. And this, I think, this is like the perfect way to do that for people who don't have a voice, for people who don't have, you know, like he's. And that, that's what kind of forced me to kind of look at it differently because a lot a lot of these songs, right? Like Die Hard for me, I, like I knew as soon as I heard I, that, how'd I you know? Like, that's gonna be how'd Marcus you know? and shit, dog. <laughs> how'd it's, you know? It's dude? got that clap Marcus like on the <laughs> snare. <laughs> yo, yo, some of that shit is real though, man, because you don't some what if you can't um you know, you can't figure out how to get rid of your demons or you can't figure out, right. you can't fucking figure out some of the shit that's going on in the world today. And, and again, it, it hits on the the song Die Hard hits on some of the same stuff he was hitting on in N95. So yeah, man. if we look at where he says on Die Hard, when I fall short, I'm leaning on you to cry out. We all got enough to lie about. My truth is too complicated to lie now. Yo. Can I open up? Is it safe or not? I'm afraid a little. You relate or not? Have faith a little. I might take my time. Ain't no saving face this time. It's like, yo, I'm at a point where I have to say what I need to say, but I'm scared, which is the chorus. I hope I'm not too late. Like, I'm hope this isn't past. Like, I hope this isn't eating me up and I've destroyed myself. Destroy. Yeah. I hope I'm not past the point of trying to fit or Uh, trying to fix it. Ability to fix it. Yeah. 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 I hope I'm not too late to set my demons straight. I know I made you wait, but how much can you take? Like, I know you want me to talk about this stuff, but are you ready? And a lot of people, I think people listening to it are taking it as him talking to an audience. But if you've ever any had any internal dialogue, like I've had a lot, it's like, Same. I want to get these things out, but what is the person I want to get it out to going to think about me? And there's a lot of fucking, and I, just to put it back on myself, right? Just because, you know, whatever. Like, y'all know people, yeah, pre-pro, pre-production, post-production, you know, like everyone listen to the pod, like, you know, we have these conversations. And if you know me, you know, like, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to get things out, but like, and you tell me all the time, like you speak your mind, say it, you know, fuck it. Right. But I'm just like, yo, that kind of highlighted like some of those things, like some of these things that we talk about on the pod, I'm like, I got some deeper, darker links, you know, like, but (laughs) you don't always want to express yourself exactly to a million people, you know? Like, so I understand wholeheartedly, maybe a little more than most, but like, I get it. And so like that, leads me into like savior right okay and it kind of it was kind of like a wake-up call for myself because yeah i'm looking i was looking for i'm like yo 2020 happened and then like i'll be honest like i some of the music that i was looking forward to in these past few years like these past couple years 
wasn't really hitting the same because it's not what I was looking for. Like, you know, like, you know, it's not yeah, so yeah, yeah. what you wanted was something that reflects the times. Yeah. And we are, I feel like the generation of artists we grew up on don't do that. Right. I, and I agree. And so that's what led me into savior and some of the shit he was talking about, um, in, in, uh, mirror, like, I'm like, okay, like, so I guess, I guess now that you explained it, I'm, I'm now kind of in real time reflecting on it. Right. So I get how it tied it together, but I was looking for it to be you, <laughs> you know, you know, if I'm yeah. being honest, you know right. what I'm saying? See, I, I didn't, I thought it might be some of that, but I yeah. didn't necessarily have expectations because of the last albums are so drastically different from one right. another. Right. I was like, whatever. But even so he's got some bars on savior. So yeah. when he's talking about COVID, he said, yep. seen a Christian say the vaccine market a beast. Then he caught COVID and prayed to Pfizer for relief. Then I caught COVID and started questioning Kyrie. Will I stay organic or hurt in this bed for two weeks? Right. Like, and essentially he's saying, take the shot or not, right? Yeah. That's the breakdown. You know, Christian said, and I I know people that I've had to silence on my timeline who won't stop talking about why you shouldn't take the vaccine. Yep. Right? Until you get sick and then your ass want to go to the hospital and take everything but the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And then for those of us that believe rappers or athletes or any other celebrity is a savior, you start questioning those people such as Kyrie. And then you're left with a conundrum. Do I use these scientifically proven methods or do I just lay here and feel like death? Yeah. And he said all that in two bars. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. (laughs) So that, like I say, like it made me think a little bit because I'm like, all right, hold on. I know he's right, but damn, dude. (laughs) And if we're going to talk about savior also, like I believe it's the second verse, like the, the weaving in and out of the singing at the end of the second verse mm-hmm. is stuff like that. It's just little stuff that you don't really notice unless it's pointed out. So, um, and, and even the bars, he says one protest for you, three sixty five for me. Like for me, that is all these black lives matter protests and all these people who want to feel good that they're protesting something yeah. as opposed to actually understanding the depths of the problem. So he's saying, yes. yeah, you went to the protest, but this type of shit affects me every single day. Right. So those bars coupled with the weaving in and out of the singing, like I, I love little shit like that, dog. Yeah. Do you want peace? Then watch us in the street. One protest for you. 365 for me. Vladimir making nightmares. But that's how we all think. The collective conscious. Calamities on repeat. Savior comes on the second disc. So for me, the the way I heard the album on subsequent listens after the first one, it's like the first disc is it kinda admits some of his flaws, but then he's like, whatever. You know, so United in Grief is a lot of talk about how he's dealt, how he feels he's dealt with everything. Like, yo, I had sex with some people. I bought cars. I was trying to keep up. Mm. I grieve different. Like, this ain't what I'm supposed to be doing, but this is what I'm doing, right? Yeah. 
and then that that comes in and out of the whole disc. And if there's but that a- was our introduction, which is why I agree with you. Like it was crazy. Like United in Grief was a crazy start, but like how do you, how do you portray this as the intro, but like such a heavy fucking message? Like I guess. Yeah, and that's the thing. That it, 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 it just it's set, it's setting the table for the rest of it. That's why I, I say for me, it really starts on Worldwide Stepper. So as you go right. through like the first disc, it's kind of like in '95. It's like take off everything. Let's talk about it. But do I really want to talk about it? Right. Right. So then he hits you with Worldwide Stepper. He start starts talking about it. Then you go back to Die Hard. I kind of want to talk about it, but, but do I, I talk about yeah, it? Yeah, man. And then he hits Yo. you with Father Time, where he's talking about oh, the, his daddy issues. Right. Yeah. And it, it goes back and forth through the whole first half of the album. Then Fucking when genius, you get to man. one of my favorite songs, Count Me Out. Amazing song. And the thing about Count Me Out, dog, is I usually don't like songs with with the the rapper or a singer, but in this case, since he's rapping, changes flows and cadences all the time. Right. Like I feel like at times that's just lazy writing and you know, you can't keep the same flow for whatever reason. Right. But on Count Me Out, the shit works. I Like, the song is arranged beautifully. It starts with just, like, real delicate instrumentation and then the singing in the background as he's rapping and then, like, uh, just a cold conglomerate of finger snaps. And, and then it, it gets into the actual beat. And fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up, fuck it up. Yeah. It's I was like, yo, song, there's so many, there's so much stuff happening. But even at that song, it starts out with session 10, Breakthrough, which is also track 10 of the album. So if we're going to go by this whole therapy thing, session 10, Breakthrough, this is where the breakthrough happens. And if this is where the breakthrough happens, that's why disc two, volume two, side two, whatever you want to call it, is so heavy. So what you mean session 10 though? Because if we're going by therapy, you have therapy sessions, right? Yeah. but Right? Said, Hold on. Follow me. Follow me. Okay. So we're going by therapy sessions. Okay. So she says, session 10, breakthrough. So if this is when he has his breakthrough. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Session okay. 10 also yeah. just happens to be track 10 yeah. on, the, on the track list. Gotcha. And then gotcha. count me out. I don't know about you, but he gets into a whole lot of shit on there yeah. too. Yeah. And I, I feel like the hook, I love when you count me out. I don't, I feel like that's more reflection of self type thing. It is. It's not speaking to an audience or to other people. Nope. It's like the internal struggle. Like sometimes you doubt yourself. Yeah. But when you doubt, when I doubt myself, like I love when you do that because then I can pick it back up and get back into it. So it's like, right. And then, but at the end though, it gets to the misregrets part. Where he's talking about, I got all these deep regrets, and at the same time, this is me. I'm blessed, and it's anybody fighting through the stress. It's like a, it's that push and pull you have within yeah, yourself. Dog. How do you not fucking feel that as a human after post 2020? How do you not fucking feel that, dude? Because a lot of it, dog, we're just looking for bops, dog. Uh, people, Fuck people, bops, dude. People don't necessarily want a reflection of the times. They want something to take them away from what no, reality is. Fuck bops, dude. This <laughs> shit is fucking count me out is I think you just explained it perfectly. Like it you makes you feel the push and pull. And we've all thought that. <laughs> we've all but, felt but, that. But have we? Oh because we better have. 
because that's that's the general theme within the album is it's true. We're, we're not looking at what's really going on. That's where, you know, in 95 and then some of the the stuff we already touched on about Savior, you know, but but yeah. aside from Count Me Out though. And then right. when it went into Crown, yeah. Crown is incredible too. Like part rap song, part R&B ballad. Yeah. Like that, that just gentle piano. Ballad's a good word, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a beautifully written song. Like vocally, there's so many different vocal flourishes and accents, and mm-hmm. you know, even lyrically, like the second verse, like they idolize and praise your name across the nation. Yep. Tap the feet and nod the head for confirmation. And then he's talking. It's like more like a question. Like promise that you'll keep the music in rotation. That's what I call love, right? Then you go into but a time will come. With somebody needs you, yep. and then they got amnesia. Yeah. One thing I've learned is love can change with the seasons. Like, come on, dog. I can't please everybody. Like, I was yeah, like, oh. man, yo, how do you not feel that? Though? And that's what I like. I felt that. Listen to that, and maybe that's that's the part where, like, so you go from Count Me Out to Crown. I know you don't really care for Silent Hill, yeah, but fuck Silent Hill. That Savior shit, like. You're going into Savior <laughs> after Crown, and I'm just like, wait. So I'm not supposed to wait. So I'm not supposed to be looking for this to. Okay, yeah. hold on, man. You know, like it makes you think. How... Yeah, because it's like it's like you can you can have these thoughts about what's going on, but you yeah. can also realize that I'm not the one to fix all this exactly. shit. Exactly, I'm not the one to speak for everybody else. Exactly. And and I know it sounds like like we're giving Kendrick a lot of cover, but for me, it's like it's just relatable. Not it that is. everything he said on this album, I agree with, right? But the what I got from the overall album and the overall message was like, you gotta be you, do what you feel is best, deal with the shit going on in your life, mm-hmm. and let things fall where they may. Yeah, he just he said it in so many different ways. Like you can't look for celebrities to be the end all be all or to say, you know, like I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of like, you know, people say, um, you know, we gotta look to our our um the black the wealthy black people, our black leaders, the people in the in the light, you know, in the spotlight to make change. And I'm like See, I don't part- even I don't even care about that. Like like and like I said, I'm before, just saying where where the idea stems from. Right, right, think, right, right. But but what I'm saying is, I read all that after I digest. So, like I said, I listened to the album maybe 11 times. I didn't read anything about it until like the 10th. Okay. So I already had my mind made up. Right, got you. Yeah. And then going back and reading what people had to say, it's like you're you're speaking the very thing is like he's speaking the opposite about. Right, right. Like right. you're saying for a lot of these things that he should be more careful about what he's saying because he has an audience or has this power. Right. But the power isn't something you inherently have. Power is something that someone else gives to you. Yes. Right? Yes. So for him, it's it's like, I don't necessarily want all that, even though I've brought it upon myself. Right. And that's not something I can relate to as like a celebrity or somebody right. that's rich, but that's something I can just relate to like as a man with a family. Exactly. And that's the that's the that's the perspective that I'm speaking from because that's what I'm I'm talking. I'm not talking about album reviews because I did the same thing. I didn't review, I just saw a bunch of shit popping up. I didn't want to read shit about the album until I felt comfortable about my own thoughts on the the body of work, right? right. I'm talking like, and maybe I'm going too deep into this, but just try to follow me. Like I'm talking since 2020. And since everybody, this whole not, I don't want to put 
it out there like power struggle or anything like that but like just you know the black lives matter movement and everybody looking for somebody in the spotlight or somebody some rich celebrity to say something like everybody looking for jay to say something to address these issues you know what i'm saying like right right and he's saying yeah nah man like <laughs> right, I, got, right. I got a bunch of other shit weighing heavy right. on me that's that's what i'm saying and i right. i'm just like yo it it makes sense because this entire time i think and i hate i think i was one of those people that like all right, Kendrick's gonna come and he gonna say something about it. But- and and see, I I never looked at right. Kendrick like like the type of person to say something about it. Right. I've I've always looked at not always, but since to pimp a butterfly, I looked at Kendrick as the type to reflect what's going on, to not necessarily speak for people, right? But just a reflection, like like something thoughtful about what's going on. And I think he did that on here. But I think we've gotten to the point just culturally, especially when it comes to music and musicians that we put on this pedestal, we want them, we're looking for them to say, to be extremely specific in what they're conveying and to just say it. So we don't have to think about context or nuance. And for this album, there's a lot of context and nuance that is necessary, (laughs) which gets me to Auntie Diaries. Oh, shit. Now, (laughs) <laughs> I listened to Auntie Diaries quite a few times. And then, like I said, I went and read some stuff. Now, I have some gay people in my family. Shout out to my uncles, you know what I'm saying? Okay, okay. But I do not have any trans people in my family. That I know of, I should say. That I'm aware of, okay? Okay. So, in listening to this song, like, aside from the what, which could be construed as problematic, his use, his use of the F slur. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't say that, dog. Oh no, no. I'm, I know that, but the way he used it, I don't think. Uh, right, that's, anyways, that's, that's that's what I'm getting to. Gotcha. So, I, I feel like by this time in the album, if you're listening to it, we've decided that this is personal, right? Right. Like the album overall is personal, of course. But if you listen to any Kendrick's music in the past, you understand that he. <laughs> also uses a lot of character type of things in his in his music so the fact that he changes his voice often and all that type of stuff is not necessarily him speaking from his perspective right right now with auntie diaries and specifically he doesn't really use the voices or anything like that but for me there's a lot of lyrical clues right to what's going on in the story. So I'm, I'm going to try to keep this brief. So the refrain early in the song is, my auntie is a man now, right? Correct. That makes you automatically think that his auntie is trans, right? Yeah. So he goes on throughout the first, let's say verse and a half, two verses, going back and forth between he, she, him, her, so on and so forth. So that gets into what's called misgendering. So misgendering is when you use a word, more often than not, a pronoun that does not correctly reflect the gender with which someone identifies. Right. So assuming that his aunt was transitioned to a man, mm-hmm. I understand the problems that that could sort of, you know, that people would think that that's a problem, right? Of course. But for me listening to it, the fact that he kept saying my auntie is a man now 
is trying to come to grips with his aunt is a man, but he never explicitly says that his aunt transitioned. Right. In my mind, his aunt may dress like a man. Yep. May look like a man. Maybe wanted to treat it, be treated as such, but he's not there yet. So right. in every verse, he follows up. My auntie is a man now. I think I'm old enough to understand now, right? Yep. But clearly he's not old enough because in the first verse, he specifically mentions, or is it the first verse or the second verse? He specifically mentions being elementary kids with no filter. So he's in elementary school. Yep. So you can't quite understand that, right? Right. And the reason I don't think his aunt may have necessarily transitioned is because you get to his cousin. Oh, yeah. And when he says, my favorite cousin said he's returning the favor and following my auntie with the same behavior. So it, it switches to Demetrius is Marianne now. Mm-hmm. Right? So now his cousin, who once was a man, is going to a woman. Right? Right. But the difference... And this part of the story is he says specifically, Demetrius is a man now. I mean, he's really Marianne, even took things further, changed his gender. So it specifically says that this person has transitioned, living his truth, even if it meant seeing a surgeon. Yep. So it's, it's, it's laid out for you right there. Right. But the fact that he keeps saying Demetrius is Marianne now, can also be problematic because that's something called dead naming. Oh, gosh. Now, I didn't know anything about this until I looked the stuff up. So dead naming is when you call a transgender person by their birth name when they've they've changed their name as part of their gender transition, right? Okay. So that can be a problem also. But the way I look at it, is as the song keeps going, if you notice the mixing changes a bit. Now, this is all nerdy music shit, and this is kind of my cup of tea. So <laughs> Demetrius is Marianne now. If you listen to it, it keeps getting, like, th- the way it sounds, there's there's added reverb and all this. Mm-hmm. And it sounds different than the rest of the vocals, in my mind, because it's more of a thought than him saying it out loud. Right. It's like a reminder. Yeah. Like, yo, yeah. I'm trying to come to grips with this thing that this isn't the same person anymore, right? So I don't think it's like in this intentional thing to call him something, or excuse me, see, I just messed it up, to call her something she's not, right? Right. So if you continue on, at the end of the song, he says, I said them F-bombs, I ain't know no better. Right. Now the F-bombs he said earlier in the song, both when he was talking about uh, his aunt, and also, when he was talking about who was once Demetrius, now Marianne. Right. So he's saying the F-bombs early in elementary school. He was still saying it in middle school when his cousin was around. Right. Not thinking anything of it. So if you just listen to it lyrically, he's showing his growth because he's not saying it anymore in the present. Right. He's recalling a story that he'd said it before. So you grow to not say, hold on, let me finish. I'm going to roll. Let me finish. Let go me ahead, finish. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. So he's saying, them F-bombs, I ain't know no better. Right. And he's also saying, I was taught words was nothing more than a sound. 
if ever they was pronounced without any intentions. That's generally how I've lived. It's like if you're, you know, telling a story or trying to convey a point, yeah, then you might use these words where you wouldn't otherwise use them. Right. But I also understand people just not wanting to hear it. Like that makes perfect sense. True. Like, now yeah. the change at the end is we can say it together, but only if you let a white girl say nigga. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Which I was which for me personally, that was kind of like a tepid way to end the song. And I think a lot of people took it as, well, you shouldn't be able to say the F word or the N word. <sighs> Completely missing what the entire part of the story was. Yeah. But to turn it on myself, right? Uh-huh. I don't know if like Eminem or like Jack Harlow were to make a song and be like, nigga, 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 we didn't know no better. Like, how would I feel about that, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, So at the same time, I understand people feeling a certain way about him saying F-bombs. But then on the other hand, (laughs) as an artist, sometimes these things are used. If we look at movies, there are plenty of white writers who have written movies with a lot of N-bombs in them. That is true. You have movies that are are expressing something from a certain time period where those words were used. Yeah. And I feel the same way about this song. When explaining a time period, elementary school, middle school, these are words that he used. So, on the other hand. Another hand, though? This song is going to be around forever. So I understand people not wanting to hear it and understanding like years from now, people are going to hear this and think that it was okay. But I think there's a, if you can't tell by the last five to 10 minutes I've spent explaining the song, Mm -hmm. that there is just a lot to it. And these type of conversations are messy. Yeah, they are. But I think- Whether it be about, let me go. Whether it be about gender- sexuality whether it be about race what we have to understand is like we're gonna fuck up we're gonna get things wrong there is no perfect ally but the important thing is that people are trying yes we're trying to be better so rather than and, and i know this in dealing with people who don't understand racism that type of stuff like yep they're going to fuck up but it's but the fact that they're trying it's on you to correct them and explain why they're wrong not to attack them exactly. and think that there's any malice behind what they say exactly okay i will get off my soapbox and go ahead no I, that's <laughs> no you explained it beautifully but i mean i feel like it takes a lot for people to get to that point though cuz i feel like we talked about this before in the pod but like so when people listen to something like Auntie Diaries and kind of get their preconceived notions, right? It's usually from a place of hurt or from a place where you probably experienced something like that. Some people not receiving that as well as how you kind of explained it. Right. But it comes from understanding from all sides though. Like to be able to correct somebody and calm, you know, maybe not calmly. I know I'm not the calmest person in the world, right? <laughs> but maybe not calmly explain, but like just correct it, but have it be from a place of, like you said, they're they're if they're willing to understand versus like the intent, right? The intent is right. to hurt, like you know, the intent might not be to hurt. They just might not understand and being able to explain that. I, me personally, I'm learning that you know, being able to explain that to people. 
and not just assume that the intent was was um like there was any malice. Yeah, 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 yeah. But and that's the thing with stuff like this. Like there there's a balance between Yeah. Like we understand the album is personal, but you also have to understand that as an artist and as a writer, not everything is going to be laid out like I just laid it out. Yeah, man. Like there are hints about these things in the lyrics if you listen to the song enough. But I think too often, whether it's movies or anything else or comedy or whatever it is, obviously some of that shit is just despicable. Yeah. And the intent is to offend. Yes. But in other times, it, it could be a clumsy explanation or it could be a literary device where I'm speaking on what once was. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. expect to ever watch a movie about slavery and they don't say the N-word. That's not realistic to what right. the times were. So in this specific case, not saying the F-bomb mm-hmm. is not realistic to where he was in elementary school or middle school. So- all that to say, I I completely see everyone's aspect of it. But as someone who's not nearly as talented as Kendrick Lamar and writes songs on occasion, I get it. I get it. Now, to get away from that, let's go back to, oddly enough, one of my favorite songs, but extremely difficult to listen to. We Cry Together. Woo! Yo, yo! If you ever been through something, and I, <laughs> I've, I've never. This song made me so uncomfortable and feel so many different Super. emotions. Like it was, especially on my walk. On my walk, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yo, what is, what is happening? Yo, yeah, right. Man. I felt uncomfortable, and Super. then at the same time, I was laughing and shit. Yeah, like in the second verse, uh, what did she say? Uh. Little, little dick ass little nigga that, that's, yeah. that's trying to go big Little dick ass nigga that's trying to go big But you were sucking his dick though Well shit I should have sucked his what you say? And then this line right here Not the lyrics but the sound effects She said I should have found a bigger dick <laughs> It's not what she said It's you can hear her hitting her hands In the background Yep. What you said I should have found a bigger dick Bitch get the fuck out my face that just speaks to the larger attention to detail yeah, on this album, dude. but specifically this song. Don't fucking like, clap yeah. at me, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Yo. I, it, can you imagine? I, I, sorry, I don't want to. I just want to put. I, so, like I said, I listened to In the Car, right? And now I'm like, now I'm conscious of. You know, come on, you know the stigmas, right? So I pull up right. at the stoplight, and you know, you got <laughs> Yo. somebody at the in a big old Silverado, like <laughs> oh, you know, older, you know, white gentleman looking over. I got the windows rolled down. We had a couple of warm days, you know, right, you know what right, right, you right. Know what I got the windows rolled down, and then we cry together. Come on. So I'm sitting here like, all right, he's like, of course he'd be listening to that rapidity rap. You know, I don't know. You know, yeah, like, I don't it, want it to betray that, right? You know I, I felt the same thing. <laughs> I, I stopped at this. I didn't have my windows down, but my car is not the most soundproof. Yeah. And I had this song on kind of loud. It was loud, dude. It was loud. <laughs> yeah. I was uncomfortable too. But even the songwriting on this song, like, they, they go back and forth, right? Yeah, like, this do. is another real nerdy type of thing, but that's what we're here for. Yep. So they go back and forth. He has so many bars. She has so many bars. And it's it's not like 
four bars here, four bars there, or anything like that. Like they both no. get their shit off. Yeah. Right? But the beauty of it, the way to bring it all back together until the the chorus, which the chorus is, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> fuck you, nigga. Nah. Fuck you, bitch. Nah. <laughs> fuck you, nigga. And then it goes back and forth like that. Yeah. But before you get to that, for I don't know how many bars exactly it is, but they go back and forth every line right. to get to the chorus. Yeah. And it's the little songwriting tools like that that make make so much of this shit. Now you mad at me, I got you hollering for nothing. I do the same when we fucking. Act like that pussy ain't loose. I'd rather act like I'm coming. I'd rather fuck off the juice. I'd rather fuck on your cousin. Bitch, you said you go fuck who? You heard me, nigga, right. it's nothing. You know what? Fuck, fuck you, nigga. bitch. And, and it just brings this tension. Yeah. Get to the core. Like, it's little stuff like that yeah. throughout throughout this album that's... Like yo, yeah. Kendrick's a, a different kind of beat. He is, man. That's that's just a lot of thought had to go into that. And right. again, like, how do you explain? How do you roll up to the light at the chorus and <laughs> and you look right. at him like, nah? But it's a it's, right. It's, it's a, a conversation, it's, though. Right, <laughs> right, right. And th- and then even this. So on my walk, I was listening to it. I was, you know. And like I laughed at the talking about the sex, and then yeah. they get into like some real shit where she she talks about Trump, yep. and uh, R. Kelly and Weinstein, yeah, that, yeah, and all of that was some real talk. Yeah. But then it just shows like <laughs> like how whack the man in this situation is. It's like he's talking about uh, women don't get on each other's songs. Yeah, I was like, like wait, 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 none <laughs> of that shit is a big deal. <laughs> And that's why she says, what the fuck is you talking about? Yeah, he yeah. said, never mind, bitch. I'm walking out. <laughs> yeah, right? he, yeah, you lost that one. Yeah, you lost that one, man. What are you talking about, man? But but then it, it goes into the sex part. And it and for me, as soon as I heard the sex part and then the, the feet came in, I thought to myself, tap dancing around the conversation. Yep. And as soon as I thought to myself that, Whitney came in and actually said it. I was like, yo, I understand the album. Yeah. I get it. I get it. <laughs> Cause like it was so weird. Like yep. as soon as I heard the tap, the tap dancing, dancing. yep. Co- combined with all this shit from this song and the fact that they just stopped talking about what they were talking about, I got it instantly. Fucking beautiful, dude. Yeah. Even if it's a little abrasive, dude. Uh, a little. <laughs> a lot of abrasive. That's a beautiful track. All right. So I mean, we we've we've we didn't delve into each song, but I, I think we've thoroughly talked about the album I nerded out way more than I anticipated on some of the structure and nah, and all man. of that but but final thoughts man what do you think about the album overall honestly I really enjoyed the album um it's going to be in constant rotation just because honestly it's offered um a perspective that I didn't even consider like like I said like I touched on earlier um, I was looking for kind of something to feed my soul since 2020, right? And maybe that's that's really the discrepancy I had with um, Certified Lover Boy because you know that I'm a pretty big Drake fan, but pretty big. <laughs> but it was something missing that I kind of could not explain from some of my biggest artists, right? And I think I attribute that to you know. 2020 and the pandemic and everything that's been going on, shit that we've been seeing in the news, shit that they've been feeding down our throats, right? Mm-hmm. Then Kendrick drops, right? 
and and you just knew he was going. To I was like, before. here it is, right here, especially coming off of uh, fucking um, the hard part five is like, oh, it's just oh, some real shit is coming, right? <laughs> and and uh, yo, it's it's his perspective. It's his he's it's his personal experience, and and it kind of fed my soul in a way that it offered a different perspective from all this shit, right? Like mm-hmm. you're not, you're waiting on a savior. You're not going to get a savior. Are you waiting to see what all these other people was going to say? You're not going to get the, how do you feel about what this shit is? What's going on? What do you mm-hmm. think about? And how do you, how are you going to deal with it? Right. Right. It brought me back to when we was in the dorm room trying to dissect Lupe lyrics. Like it mm-hmm. kind of fed me that way. If that makes right, sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. For me, man, I I never really know what to expect when the Kendrick album comes out. <laughs> what what I what I expect though is some gems here or there and standout songs. Yeah. Like that I would go back to on their own. And I think this is an album similar to some of my other favorite albums where there are songs we can talk about like we just did. Yeah. They aren't songs that I would typically just think to myself, I want to listen to this particular song. Yeah. I feel like as a whole, this works, everything works better within context of the bigger picture. And you know how often, and we don't talk about this on the pod, but how I often talk about you listen to an album the way an artist intended because you wouldn't watch a movie without watching it sequentially. Right. Like, obviously, you have scenes you remember more, but without the context of the scene before, the scene after, the scene later, it doesn't quite make sense. And that's how I feel about this album. Absolutely. Without some of the songs prior, without some of the songs later, that song you might be listening to out of context doesn't quite make as much sense. And it can seem a lot more abrasive, a lot more problematic if you're not listening to it. You need the context. You need the context. So so I don't know how often I'm going to come back to specific songs, but when I want to get my nerdy music shit on, yeah. I'm coming back to my guy, Mr. Morale. <laughs> <laughs> Only we can fucking sit here and talk for an hour and a half about <laughs> 18 songs, but go ahead. Yeah, there, there's a lot of shit I didn't say. Same. If you got any, anything that we didn't, Cover, hit us on the socials at Black Life Pod. That is B L A C L I F E P O D. If you want to hit Marcus directly, Marcus, where can they hit you? MacBent88 on the IG, dude. You can hit me at Picks by Alexander on the IG. You can follow the pod on Facebook. You can get the pod on any of your podcast platforms. If you like this episode, if you think we should do some more album reviews, let us know. If you like this episode and you like the pod overall, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, a written review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us be noticed. That helps us gain more listeners. And that shows us that we're not doing this in vain. (laughs) Usually, I would say we'll be back next week, but... This is going to come out the same week as another pod. So we'll be back later this week (laughs) to dissect some more of this craziness that is life. Love yourself. Love one another.
Till the next time at Kendrick House. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have found a bigger dick. <laughs>